American Craftsman Podcast is sponsored by Bits and Bits. In their shop in Oregon, Bits and Bits manufactures a wide range of spiral router bits from one-eighth inch shank to half-inch shank, from one thirty-second inch cutting diameter to half-inch cutting diameter. They make upcut, downcut, compression bits, and more. They're used in router tables, handheld routers, and CNC machines, from hobbyists to production shops. They coat their bits in a Astro coating, proprietary nano coating designed to keep the bit running cooler, prolonging the sharpness of the cutting edge. They're the only factory authorized dealer to Astro coat white side router bits. Their expanding line of white side bits ranges from spiral flush trim bits to roundovers, chamfers, rabbiting bits, and more. They're a festival dealer stocking mainly router and domino related accessories and consumables. You can check them out at bitsbits.com and use our coupon code American Craftsman to save yourself 15%. Welcome back to the show. Yeah. Season three, episode two. two. Before we get into the show, we want to thank our sponsor, Hayfla. Good guys over there. Yeah. Uh, not prepared with my notes here. I, I thought I pulled it up. I got distracted. Yeah, they hooked us up for Maker Camp last week. Yeah. So this is coming out. We'll be at Maker Camp when this comes out. So we're recording a week early. Uh, Hayfield offers a wide range of products and solutions for the woodworking and furniture making industries from hinges and drawer slides to connectors and dowels, sandpaper, wood glue, shop carts, and everything in between. Exclusive product lines such as Lux LED lighting and Slido door hardware ensure that every project you create is built to last. Learn more at Hayfield.com. Or click the link down in the description. Do it. Welcome to the show. Yeah. So we uh, I'm out of breath from running up there with the damn dogs. Thanks, um, thanks to the magic of uh, pre-recording, we're actually having a good time at Maker Camp right now. Yeah. Well, right now, well, I guess it depends on when you listen to this. It comes out at 5 a.m. We'll probably be sleeping at that point. <laughs> Um, I hope so. Yeah. I hope I'm so. usually up by then, but not a make camp. No. Um, uh, so I was talking to to Keith from Blackthorn and Matt from First Do, and some other people uh, a week or two ago about like what direction should we go with the with the third episode? And they had a good idea. It was Keith's idea. Third season. Did I say, oh, what did I say? Episode? Yeah. Yeah, third season. Um. Like, we didn't want to go back to the Q&A like we did on the first season because it kind of it was just hard to get um, a lot of good questions. We got a lot of repeats, a lot of sort of, like, questions that didn't spur good conversation, mm -hmm. um, like things that were very cut and dry. And, you know, it, they lead to banter and stuff, but there's only... We need some... <laughs> we need some meat sometimes. Um, and, you know... I don't know. I couldn't think of, of a, another subject to devote an entire season to like we did last season with the, the 12 periods of American furniture. Um, so Keith had a good idea where, you know, it's like pick four different sort of episode formats and rotate them. So, uh, you know, the thought is we do like a shop update every four weeks, do a, uh, a Q and a every four weeks do um I mean well we gotta figure out what the other two are but yeah well that'll give us a whole month to to gather up all the questions. Right, yeah. So that's a good thing about the Q and A is if we do it just once every four weeks, um you know, it'll give us more time to 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 A get the questions and B, you know, if we need to think about the answers or anything, um give us time to do that. So 
My thought is we have a bunch of these uh, American Craftsman podcast glasses. So um, every month or every four weeks, every Q&A episode, we'll pick uh, a winner and send it out. Question so, of the month. Right. Um, so let me see if... I don't remember if the American Craftsman podcast email is still active. I'm not sure it is because we, we weren't really using it, so... Somebody's calling you. BMW of Freehold's looking for me. Don't they know you bought a Mercedes? <laughs> Highfalutin. <laughs> I get out of my Mercedes in my 1620 Vans and my dirty work boots. Well, the 1620s are expensive. They are. Let me see. I'll just they try are. and send an email to I guess I am kind of snobby. Craftsman podcast. At gmail.com. Test. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 1620s, they're good. They're good pants. Yeah. They're here in the USA. Yeah. USA materials. I mean, we're, I'm a fan. They're, uh, the, they're a little baggy for me. Yeah. The, the shorts I got. Um, are a little bit baggy. The the pants are cut pretty, pretty well, at least for me. So I, I pulled a rookie move here. I tried to send it to the American Craftsman Podcast at gmail dot com. Ah, uh, yeah, the N and the M. Yeah. No spell check when you need it. I thought it auto filled though. The American Craftsman Crafts. Men podcast at gmail.com. Okay. Test. Send. If it does still exist, it's not, um, didn't get bounced back. Not yet. Nope. Well, all right. Since we're recording this now, it's not coming out until next week. I'll have something set up between now and then, and I'll put a link in the thing. It's going to be an email. So send in your questions via email. We'll do... So uh, not n not next week, but the following week will be the question episode. Okay. And it'll get recorded. Well, I guess maybe that one will get recorded. You see, here's the only thing. It's going to screw us on recording multiple episodes in a week. Oh. oh, well, we'll figure that out. Yeah, that's not that's up. Don't to worry us. about any of what I just said. I'll put a link in the description of this week's episode where you can send your questions. So send in question or doesn't even have to be a question. Just like uh, anything you want to hear us talk about, mm -hmm. a suggestion, um, a statement, yeah, a proclamation. Yeah, uh, you could put your social security <laughs> number in there, your mother's maiden name. Your uh, birth date. Yeah, and the <laughs> um and your favorite place to have a vacation. Um the model make a model of your first car. And uh, your pet first pet's name, I think. And the street you grew up on. <laughs> um but yeah, no, all jokes aside, I guess should we have people give their address no we'll just do that for when they yeah, win yeah if they win we'll contact yeah, we'll reach you. we'll reach back out because i don't want all your addresses um so yeah send in your questions and uh and we'll answer them here 
Yeah, free of charge. And uh, if you get selected for having the best question, we'll send you, you an American Craftsman podcast beer glass. I'm looking at it right now. It's it's nice. It's yeah, nice. I mean, we've got a bunch back here. Yeah. Shaped like a can. It's got our logo on it. What what do you call that? Like screen printed on there? Uh, Yeah, probably. Yeah. Green. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. Also available for your sale on our website if you don't yeah. want to. If you don't want to try to win one, yeah. Um, but yeah. So I figured, you know, last week we talked about Maker Camp. Um, I thought maybe this week we do like a little bit of a shop update. You know, talk about what we're doing, where we've been going, all that good stuff. All right. So at the time that this airs, where do you think we'll be with the boxes? That's the big question that everybody wants to know. Uh. <sighs> So today's Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's already shot. Yeah, tomorrow's not gonna. We're not gonna get much. We're done. not making much progress tomorrow. Um, we have a meeting. We gotta bring the van in. Yeah, going out to dinner for Green Street three year anniversary, which yeah. was uh, as of recording this two days ago on the twenty seventh of September. So we've been around for three years now. Um. So yeah, boxes. Let's see. We have about 300, well, probably got close to 400 of the walnut ones assembled. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. How many? It's are, probably about 390. Yeah. 385. There's like 200 stacked up on the table, on that rolling table. Yeah, I've got two. Yeah, exactly. Because I have 200 with pins. Okay. So 200 of the walnut boxes are assembled with pins in them. There's another 200 that need to get pins. We have every piece assembled right now that's cut. Um, the laser was kind of down for a little while. Thought that the lenses were shot, um, which I think the, the lenses are shot, but I ordered more lenses from um, American Photonics. And I called. I'm like, listen, I'm having trouble finding what I need on the website. I was wondering if I could just order over the phone. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Or you know, I could just walk you through it on the website. So I'm like, all right, he wants, he doesn't want me to order over the phone. I guess I'll do it over the website. So I tell him what I need. I said, we, you know, we have a Boss laser with a Benny kit. I need two and a half inch lenses. Okay, scroll down, second column, click this. Two and a half. Okay. So I'm like, all right. He goes, oh yeah, I'm the only one here now. The shipping department's gone. It was like two o'clock on Friday. So these won't ship out till Monday. I'm like, oh, great. So I got next day air shipping, which was expensive. And they show up on, they show up on Tuesday or they show up on Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday. I forget. Um, yesterday was Wednesday, right? Yeah. So they must've showed up Tuesday. Yeah. So they showed up Tuesday. The box shows up. I bring it in the shop. I open it up. It's not what I needed. They were just loose lenses. I needed lenses in tubes that are they're glued into the tube, which yeah, is that's what, the Benny kit. Yeah, the Benny kit that we have uses. Um, it makes changing out lenses super, super simple and fast, and that's why we spent five hundred bucks on the American Photonics Benny kit. Um, so I called the guy up and got the same guy on the phone, and he, Whoa. you know, was kind of defensive <laughs> like why i don't know why i would you know tell you i'm why like i don't do know that? either that's why i fucking called you 
I'm like, I told you we had a Benny kit. I don't, well, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'll walk it to the post office now. He's like, so send back. I'm like, I, what do you mean? I got to send it back on my dime. He's like, we got a hurricane coming and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'll send them out priority mail. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, I need them like tomorrow. So they haven't shown up yet. That was Wednesday. So who knows? Maybe he, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe they got wiped out by Hurricane Ian. I, I don't think so, but, um, so yeah, the laser's been down, but I've been messing around trying to figure out what may be the issue. Cause we have some other lenses. I have a two inch lens in there now. That's, it hasn't been used for anything. Um, like a Phoenix. Yeah. So I had it in there, did some tests, was getting some to cut through. The, the issue was that the walnut boxes, you know, once we got into the four hundreds, and even before that, some of the boxes weren't cutting all the way through. We thought maybe it was just the walnut was harder than the cherry, so we slowed it down. And then it, you know, it was eventually getting to the point where it was going really slow and it wasn't cutting all the way through. So uh, I put in the two-inch lens. I got some to cut out, but it wasn't consistent. So this morning before we left, which we'll get into that, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a whirlwind. Um, I'm like, I better clean all the mirrors really well, which I've been doing. I've been cleaning all the mirrors. Um, so I open up, there's a little access door on the side. You can, you can access mirror one, which is the first mirror after the laser tube, uh, from the, from like the door where you access the laser tube itself. So that's where I've been cleaning it from. I reach in there with a little swab and, and clean the mirror with either acetone or denatured alcohol. So I open up this side door and come to find out that I don't know what the hell I've been wiping, but it's not a mirror. It's like another lens. Um, I couldn't find in the book what it's called, but there's like a yellow lens that the beam goes through before it hits mirror one, which you can't even get to mirror one unless you take this door off the side, which is like you got to take off four screws and it's sort of poorly thought out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's because it's an extended laser tube. Um, like the laser tube is actually, uh, no, but it's on the flush side. I don't know. I don't know why they did it that way, but mirror one was like the, Dirty. I used like six swabs on it. And the first one was black, um, uh, because it's got like a hundred hours of cutting on it. So before we left this morning, we left the shop at seven. I, uh, I cut a couple out. And cut two out and they came out where you just lift the the outside border out and it just Yeah. It was like a weight off my shoulders. So then we um before we left, I, I had it run four. You know, we left while it was cutting, which you technically you're not supposed to do. But uh having cut so many, I felt pretty confident in the fact that nothing bad was gonna happen. Um so when we came back this afternoon there were four of them that cut perfectly. So yeah. we're back in action on that. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because I've been taking a fret saw and like, so it, it's cutting like it before it was cutting like three quarters, 90% of the way through and just leaving. I mean, some of them were like, it's being held on by a, a 64th on the backs on the bottom like side. near almost. Yeah. Um, so I'm, taking a fret saw and cutting at the joints and then breaking them apart and then taking a straight edge and scribing it and, and using a chisel. And because once they're, 
partially cut, it's like there's no going back. No. I can't put it back in and finish the cut. It's, no. not, it's never going to go back in the exact same spot. And we don't have enough material where we can just scrap those. So, um, I mean, it takes me like 15 minutes for one uh, when they're bad like that. So, it was a frustrating week. I mean, the laser's been down for, for probably about a week. Um, so, we're a little behind on cutting them. You know, we still have plenty of time before. They're, they're not expecting them for, you know, another month. Um, so yeah, we'll be done cutting, probably be done cutting before maker camp. That would be, uh, yeah, cause oh, definitely, only, yeah, definitely. There's only two, two days, two and a half days worth of cutting left. Okay. So Monday, Tuesday, well, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Well, it's going to be close. <laughs> so why don't you tell the people where we work today? Oh, we were up in gorgeous Gloucester, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. revisiting a, a job. Um, doesn't happen too often, but we did have to go back to a job. Yeah. In fact, it doesn't really ever happen. No. <laughs> we had to go back to a job today where we um, installed these uh, faux beams. They're heavy. Yeah. Um, but they hung a big chandelier from, from them. Well... The substrate that we used, that the existing substrate that we fastened our beams to, mm -hmm. they also added a chandelier to that very same substrate. Right. And, uh, you know, something had to give. Right. So basically we covered up like an existing faux beam with another faux beam and um, used said existing faux beam as the nailing we added blocking to the bottom of it and then um, attached our beam to the to the existing beam and the blocking. And then they attached the chandelier to the existing beam. And it, I mean, this chandelier is heavy. Yeah, I tried it. to pick it up with with one arm. I couldn't pick it up. No, it's so well it's got to weigh like pounds. four or 500 pounds if yeah. I couldn't pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> It's no, it's really big. Yeah. It's really big and heavy. It's like a three foot sphere kind of, you know, it's uh -huh. like a candelabra kind of thing, but um, it's like a three foot spe sphere, spear, sphere. So yeah, it's heavy. And got an email, was it yesterday? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Made our day. With these pictures. I'm like, <laughs> oh God. I'm like dealing with the laser not cutting and just like in the pit of despair. My back hurts pounding in the brass pins and these things. And I get this, I see this email come in and I turn around and open it up on my laptop. And I'm like, I see these pictures. I'm like, Oh God, the beam like coming off of the ceiling by like probably about a, what an inch. Yeah. You could kind of get your fingers in there. Maybe not an inch, but close to it. Yeah. And you know, it, it, I guess the, where the existing beam was caulked in to the ceiling and everything, it like was peeling the paper on mm -hmm. the ceiling. Yeah. Which is we didn't caulk in our beam. No, no, because it's a brown oak beam up against a white ceiling. Um, so really, I mean, you could have a half inch gap up there and you would never know because there's so much contrast. It's like, um, so yeah, like we didn't, we didn't glue anything to the ceiling or anything. So the fo the exit, this getting, convoluted with all the faux and existing and the original faux beam when that came down from the weight of the um 
basically it was built really shoddy come to find out and not, not fastened that well to the ridge. Um, when they attached the, this heavy chandelier to that existing faux beam, it actually pulled off of the ceiling and then that beam was resting on our beam and pulling it down. So we had to, we got a bottle jack. We built a strong back. <laughs> we jacked it back up. Got up on that huge ladder. Yeah. Jacked it up and put some, some big structural screws through the bottom of the beam up into the, the roof framing. Yeah. We had some 12s, some 10s and yeah. some 8s. Um, so yeah, we plugged the holes, you know, it's like a one inch hole, but it's 14 feet up in the air. You can't, you can't yeah, see them. Came out pretty good. Um, so yeah, I mean, that fixed that. We're going to go back up because the, uh, where the paint peeled, it's kind of wrinkled. Yeah. You can still see it, um, because it, it sort of, it's hard to explain like how it, you know, it's pulling down the rake of the ceiling. So it's actually like pulled past the the intersection point of our beam now. So we uh, on the way home we picked up a bunch of red oak quarter round. We'll stain it to match the uh, the beam, and we'll shoot up there probably Monday and and put that in. Oh joy! Yeah, I mean shouldn't be too bad. No, bust out the. I mean, I guess we got to take the chops. So we can cut that stuff by hand. Yeah, could make a little little miter box and use a yeah. handsaw. Um, that or just, you know, set the miter saw up on the ground outside yeah. and just, I mean, it'll be simple buck cuts. Spring um, them in. Yeah, it's only six 12-footers. And then we got a couple of those little pieces on the sides that are maybe yeah. like six inches or whatever. But, um, yeah, so we'll shoot those in. Probably, probably put some glue between the the beam and the ceiling and the shoe molding quarter round. Yeah. Uh, regular glue is not going to hold stick to the finish. No. Well, we could leave the back raw, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Probably, probably won't even really do much if we do it like that. But yeah, we'll nail, we'll nail those into the rafters and into the beam and it'll, it'll stiffen things up where if, um, I don't know if that chandelier is an issue. It should make it a little better. I don't know. It's the whole thing is kind of baffling. Yeah. Well, we got those big spikes in there. So, yeah. So it's like they built this ridge beam. They put, so you have a, a peak of a, of the ceiling and they put like a two by four on the flat, but it's not continuous. And it's, it seems like, there's like a bunch of dead spots. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. Whoever did the work on that house originally, it's bad. The The intersection between the ceiling and the wall is like, you know, so wavy. It's just bad. I don't even know. Early 90s construction. Right. It. It, their their blocking instead of being continuous was in little foot long pieces. Yeah, and we got this giant beam hanging off of it, but we didn't know that. Right. Um. 
So, you know, you live and you learn. It's, I guess it's partially our fault, partially nobody's fault. Kind of just one of those things that you don't know is going to happen until it happens. Yeah. I mean, the, well, the beam was like rock solid. And he said that he was hanging from it when he put in the light and that he weighs 260 pounds. So I don't know. Maybe that's what did it. That's what I said. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, there are probably three or four things that we would we would do if we confront this situation again before we go into it. Yeah, it's definitely a learning experience, and you know, you kind of it's just one of those situations where you kind of just gotta just keep your mouth shut, just put your head down, just do, do what it. you can to fix it, and just. Yeah, do better on the next one and just, you know, do your due diligence. Make sure that the thing is actually as solid as you think it is, not just assume. Um, yeah, we didn't throw anybody under the bus or anything like that. No, no. I mean, it really, it's it's kind of nobody's fault. Yeah. I mean, our scope of work says that we're attaching it to existing. So, you know, but... It's for Donnie Douglas, who we work with all the time, and and it was a big job with the clients. We want to make sure that they're happy and that Jacqueline's happy and that, you know, nobody can say Green Street fucked us over or did a bad job or whatever. So we went up today, and it was a smooth sailing all the way up, right? Yeah, it only took <laughs> us two, out, two and a half hours to get there. It, um, it, was, it was gridlock. The entire way. Yeah, it was bad. It um, was so rough. I don't know how you drove that. I mean, you didn't even hardly lose your temper. We were we were supposed to get up there at eight thirty. We left at seven, um, and I had ways set up where you know where it'll tell you, um, like okay, you got to leave at the hell is that thing on the floor over there? You got to leave at that this black, time. Plastic cap. Yeah. I thought it was like a dead mouse or something. Um, like, okay, you want to be there at 8.30, you got to leave at this time. So I had that set up. I checked it in the morning. It's supposed to give me like an alert. And, okay, so we left at the time it said to. Oh, yeah. It was. We got <laughs> we got onto the parkway, and then it's like telling me to take this exit before the Driscoll Bridge. I'm like, this is weird. So we take that exit 125, and then it... Puts us on like the route, was it the Route 9 bridge? Mm -hmm. Go over the Route 9 bridge, which then goes back. You can exit out back onto the parkway. It puts us on and then it, it's like, you know, stay left to get onto the Garden State Parkway. And it's like, go right to get onto the turnpike. And it's like right. 200 feet ahead and I'm, I'm all the way in the left lane. We're going 60. But it's probably packed. 75. Yeah. It's bumper to bumper morning rush hour traffic. So there was no way I could fight my way over there. So then we had to go all the way up to the next exit, which is Metuchen, and then turn turn around, get back on Parkway South, and that and, was the sign. Yeah, get on the Turnpike. We get to the toll plaza to go from Parkway to Turnpike, and it's just bumper to bumper traffic. They got a lane closed. There's it was insanity. So then we get onto the Turnpike, and it was just it was traffic all the way past Newark Airport. Yeah. Basically all the way to Secaucus. Yeah, it didn't really open up at all. No. And then we get to 
So we go through Fort Lee. Actually, yeah, no, it was bad traffic. It was bad traffic all the way. We get off the turnpike. We get into, uh, I don't know what that road is, up in the Fort Lee area, and that was horrific. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, uh, get off of the eastern, western spur, and where were we going? The Ridgefields exit or whatever it is? Oh, yeah, we, yeah. I did the right thing. I get in the right lane for the exit, which is like one mile ahead. Scraping. And it was just, we were in that traffic for 15 minutes, and people are just... Scraping across, wedging their way in, making all kinds of traffic. We were on this bridge for like probably 15 minutes, and you could feel the bridge moving every time a truck went by. I kept going. Come on, traffic I'm like, move. We, I'm like, Mothman prophecy is going to uh, die in this dirty river in, uh, in North Jersey. Um, Then, you know, we get up towards the job, and there's doing utility work, and there's oh, yeah. it was brutal. Yeah, they had it, the the main road was down to one lane mm-hmm. with a couple of cops on either end directing traffic in two different spots. Yeah. Um well, going the one going the one way was fine, but yeah. uh so yeah, it took us two and a half hours to get up there. So we got up there about 9:30. Yeah. Um and then we left at 12, so we we drove two and a half hours and then worked for two and a half hours. Had, you know, we had to move all the furniture we jacked the beam up with the with the strong back and refastened it, plugged the holes, cleaned up, put the furniture back, and hit the road. Um then we stopped at Monteith on the way back, grabbed that that oak quarter round. And now we're here. Yeah. Um and then the news of the new shop. Since it's a shop update. Yeah. Um, so yesterday we finally got a lease that um, we're ready to sign. Yeah. The uh, the only two things, they had Rob's address incorrect on there, completely incorrect. Again. Not even like, a, it wasn't like a typo. It was like just some address that's not his. And uh, the security deposit was wrong because the rent number had changed. So they had to update that. But yeah, that's it. We're ready to sign it. So I heard from the attorney this morning asking me asking me exactly the information that I left with his receptionist yesterday. Um, but that seems to be what we're dealing with with him. Uh, so hopefully, I don't know, maybe tomorrow we'll have something to actually sign. Yeah, yeah. We got another meeting tomorrow. Yeah. We can't really talk about... That's a little bit the- secret. Um, but yeah, we're... So the lease is supposed to start November 1st. Um, that's, you know, it has to, it all depends on CO and that stuff, but that's, that's when it should start is the yeah. first November 1st. Yeah. We got to inspect everything and yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to need a good electrician. Yeah. Anybody out there know of anybody? Yeah. Might have to call Ricky. Yeah. He'd probably help us out. Yeah. Everybody's green, isn't it? <laughs> Building a couple of Adirondack chairs. <laughs> Out of Sapili. Yeah, Sipo. Only thing about Sapili is you get awfully dusty. Yeah. Oh, man. I I, I can't stand that. You know, uh, 
It's because sanding's dusty. Yeah. What are you going to do? We we know it. We hate it. Even when you have uh, nice vacuums, do we even mention those names? No, we have uh, high quality German uh, yeah. branded vacuums. It's, it's dust is still can be a problem at the surface. Yeah, and if you're like us, you've tried mesh sandpaper from the big box store to try and combat the perils of dusty sanding, and the results are fine, but the paper wears out way too fast. Yeah, there's that's the second beef I have with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're constantly changing out the sandpaper. Um, but, uh, you know, since we're uh, going with the 3M extract, the sanding discs uh, loaded with 3M science, Yeah, they outlast these other discs. Um, and you know what else? They extract up to 99% of the sanding dust. Wow, that's up from 90% last week. <laughs> Everybody's working hard, let me tell you. <laughs> I think that was a typo. Um, yeah, I like using it on, uh, you know, things where we need to hog out a lot of material. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like let's say uh, you're you're flushing up a big tabletop or something like that mm-hmm. or, or uh, something that I've used... Um, the Rotex with is like when we made Tommy G's reducer, you know, you need to sort of, Oh yeah. To blend two different things into one another. That angled cut. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it lets you sand longer without actually changing the disc, um, because the superior extraction, it keeps the disc from getting loaded up with sawdust and yeah. it just, that just slows everything down. You know, I thought of another time, like when you have like those bad, like especially with cherry, when you have mm-hmm. those bad burns coming off the oh, blades, yeah. you yeah. know, happen with that angled cut because yep. every time you pause mm-hmm. to push through you get that nice semicircle. oh yeah <laughs> well you know the thing is don't compromise on something as crucial as sanding go to go.3m.com forward slash extract four today that's geo dot the number three letter m dot com slash xtr act four don't wait. Turn off the podcast. If you have to go to your computer, go yeah. there now. Yeah. We'll wait. All right. Are, are you going? I think they left. All right. They've gone now. Well, if when you get there, you're going to find 3M Extract Cubitron 2 Net Disc 710W, which is the most advanced sanding disc ever made. And it's little brother, the 3M Extract Disc 310W. Oh, cute. 3M Extract, sand less. Make more. All right, we're back. Back to the regularly scheduled programming. We're getting good at that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, they change. The talking points change next week. Not not by much, but they do. Um, What the hell were we talking about? Uh... We're moving into the shop, getting everything straight away, electricians. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, forklift is definitely, I think, that's got probably number one priority Mm -hmm. as soon as that lease is signed is we've got to get a forklift and and coordinate getting it to the shop. Yeah. We have kind of a lead on a a forklift graveyard guy who refurbs them. Yeah. Um, And he's deliverable. He's going to deliver it, too, if we... If we for 150 from, bucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, you know, to do um, any of the electrical work and stuff, like odds are going to have to get up yeah. high to run the wires. I mean, you could run conduit on the wall, I guess, too. Yeah. Um, 
But to go from you know, like uh, pole to pole, we'll call it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have to look at a floor plan, decide where we want to put the machines, and then then run the electric to those things. Lighting. Aside from that, yeah, aside from lighting and powering the machines, it's, I mean, it's, it's mo moving ready. I mean, yeah. We don't need much. No. Um, so, you know, we thought about maybe renting a forklift at the current shop to load machines into the van. And then if we have the forklift at the new shop, you know, we could load it into the van with the rented forklift, drive it over to the shop, unload it with that forklift. It should yeah. make things pretty, pretty easy. Um, we have my truck too. So it's, you know, two, three, four machines simultaneously that we could do. We'll um, definitely talk to Javier because he might let us just use one. Yeah. That little one. That's true. Even, yeah, like a bobcat or something. I think he's got a bobcat with forks. Yeah. That'd be cool. Even if we just hire him for the day. Yeah. Um, I know Keith said that he, he'd come help us out with the lift gate. Yeah, he's got that Tommy gate on his truck. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I think it, it'll it'll be a pretty... Um, I mean, obviously, it's going to be a wreck at first, and then we're going to have shit yeah. all over the place and got to figure out, you know... It's like anything. It's it's all new, so we're going to bring the clamps in, and they're probably going to be on, like, well, some... <laughs> they're going to be laying on a, on a pile on the floor. <laughs> yeah, or we'll make some kind of, like, A-frame cart or something, but mm. then, you know, it, it's all going to change. We might have one type of clamp in one spot, another type of clamp in another spot, because they'll, you know, be for different operations or mm. whatever. So, you know, I'm sure we're going to be spread thin with time and money for a while. And, yeah. But it's take like us, anything. Take us many months to settle in. Yeah. But that's that's the adventure of it all. Yeah. I mean, we're, we can't stay. <laughs> no, I mean, we've, we've stagnated in the amount of work um, that we can put out. Mm -hmm. And not because of our, you know, our own physical limitations. It's the... The size of the shop. Yeah, the building limitations. Yeah. You know, square footage and electrical. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're just, you know, milling around now. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of time wasted. Uh, I mean, just getting a forklift and having a place to have a forklift. The time spent loading and unloading and moving lumber. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the time moving machines to use another machine or moving this completed piece to work on another thing and then smacking into it and having yeah. to fix the finish and it's all you know it, it's just having the space will will make us that much faster um yeah we didn't mention uh dust collector that we were gifted oh no no well not this week we talked no. about it though didn't, didn't we? we yeah i don't remember oh yeah we did talk about it yeah Last week, well, what would have been two episodes ago? Yeah, um, yeah, the Harvey G seven hundred. Yeah, which is it's, it's nice. Yeah, it's a nice machine. Yeah, I'd like to have another another couple of them. Have like one on the on the wide belt sander. Yeah, maybe one for the two cabinet saws. Um, even like the shaper would be good with one of those shaper band saw. Mm -hmm. I don't know who's calling me now. Patty Pantry. Know, don't they know I'm doing a podcast? Uh, it's Phoenix, Arizona. It could be Patty. 
it's just a quick reminder that uh, my business uh, has got Dun & Bradstreet score of 76. Oh, yeah. They're going to offer you a um... <laughs> line of credit. Yeah. $500,000 line of credit. <laughs> yeah, I get that same one. I had to look up the Dun and, and Brad, whatever the hell it is, before the first, yeah, first time I got it. I'm like, what the hell is this? Um. So, yeah, that's what's going on with the move. You know, hoping to expand the machinery that we have. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's new and exciting times. Yeah. There's always a little stress and trepidation. Just, a, in. just a slight bit of stress. <laughs> They're just making a sign over, you know, like personal guarantees. I know. <laughs> I know. That's that's the only thing that stresses me out a little bit. Yeah. Like, because, you know, you, you, you make an LLC, so you have protections right. and separation. Yeah, so um, apparently now with commercial leases, everybody wants a personal guarantee. So if, uh, let's say, Green Street goes under, they can't pay the rent. Well, they come after us. Right. Normally, the a defunct LLC, you can't go after the, the, the entities that operate the LLC or whatever, however you want to phrase it, i.e. Rob and I. Well... They want us to sign a personal guarantee um, saying that we will be held liable. We're going to have to put all our money in an offshore account. Yeah. Um, we have a good guy clause, which basically means that um, if we're up to date on rent, that um, we can get out of it. It's like basically if we default on the rent that we're held personally liable. Yeah. But we had to do the same thing with the van. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just a thing that they do now, I guess. Yeah, always it's the man keeping the little guy down. Yep. Um, I had something, but I forgot. It's been one of those days. Yeah. I mean, you drove like four and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you did three and a half, four. Yeah, I mean, cause we when we get home, two o'clock. Yeah, something like that. Well, we didn't spend, we, we spent 20 minutes at Monty. Oh, the oil time. thing. That's what I wanted to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we're driving. We get a, we had the van in for the, for the A service, which is like the first service. And, uh, which, you know, it's an oil change, so on and so forth. So we're driving up to Closter this morning and I get a thing. It's like, check, check engine oil level at next refueling. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So we got up there and forgot. But on the way home, he pulled into a gas station and checked it. And sure enough, the oil was low. Yeah. Um, quart low. Yeah. So we put in a quart and it still seemed like it was. It wasn't quite as high as it should have been. It was, it was registering before we put the oil in just at the very bottom of the dipstick where it said minimum. Hmm. And maximum was all the way up at that other section. Yeah. 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 Wow. So we could probably use another Two quarts. Yeah, I, quart. I would say another quart. It could probably take a... I don't know how how fast it's going to fill now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might take a half. But that was that was pretty low. I mean, we that was the first real drive we took it on since the uh, service, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we drove it around town a couple right. times, but that was it. Um, yeah, we took it over to... Um, the drip drip job, yeah, the yeah. um 
We took it to Lowe's once. Harbor Freight. Shh, don't tell anybody. When we picked up our bottle, Jack. Yeah. Did the job. Yeah. <laughs> the guy says to us, do you want, you want to buy a protection plan? Yeah. He said, we only needed to lift something up once. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Oh, do you have a phone number with us? No. no. Do you us. want one? No. No. Or he goes, uh, are you sure? I go, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just what I need. Harbor Freight with my phone number. Yeah. You think you're getting junk mail now? I said the savings are already so low that, you know, I feel bad uh, saving anymore. Yeah. You don't want to take advantage. Yeah. But yeah, actually, that bottle jack was pretty good. 20, yeah. what was it? No, 35 bucks for yeah. an eight ton bottle jack. That's a good price. Yeah. And I'm sure all the bottle jacks are being made in the same place. Yeah, there's one bottle jack factory in China somewhere. Yeah. They pro it's probably Bottle Jack City. <laughs> that was a movie in the 80s, I think. Yeah. Bottle Jack City. Um, so, yeah, we put in a quart of oil. Had a bizarre interaction with the clerk at the store. <laughs> she was enamored with our van, and and I don't, yeah, I don't think she saw the van. Uh, it was our t-shirts. Yeah, she like pointed to my shirt. She's like, "What? Uh, what brand is that?" I'm like, uh, it's our company. Yeah, the t-shirts got a lot of pub today. You know, the guy at the at the lumber uh, yard. Yeah. He wanted one. Yeah, I should have told him to go to the website and buy one. No. <laughs> <laughs> we tell them we drop them off one next time we're in, in the area. Yeah, it'll probably be sometime in the next 18 months. Yes. That's usually about how long it takes to get over there. Yes. Um. Yeah, because we buy our wood from the same type of place he buys his wood from. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we, we had to pick up the quarter round over there, which uh, was a good price. Oh, yeah. Uh, 80, it's 83 cents, I think a foot, 83 cents a foot for three quarter inch quarter round red oak. Yeah. So we got, we got eight sticks and it was like 70 something bucks. Yeah. You, you can't, we can't get out of bed for that. No. Okay. Yeah. We couldn't drag the William and Hussey out of the shed. No, we have to buy the wood. Bucks. Yeah. Join and 12 it. footers. Yeah. Join it, playing it, cut it down to rough size. Mm-hmm. Then running through the, the W&H. Yeah. It's harder to say W&H than William and Hussey. The Hussey? The Hussey. We'd have to, if we didn't have that knife, we'd have to get the knife. Which, you know, that's, yeah. you're talking another hundred something bucks, whatever. Yeah, it just pays if you're. Yeah, they have something. a, I don't know what kind of molar they have. I think it's a Cantec. Um, so anyway, yeah, we picked that up and then we didn't even. We didn't even unload anything out of the van. We just dropped everything and came over here. Yeah, we'll look at that stuff tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I got plenty of time for that. Well, you know, we're going to have to take a trip to the DMV. That'll be uh, exciting. That's true. Our, our uh, inspection is expired. Forgot that it's one year for uh, commercial vehicles. How, why don't they send a reminder for that? I don't know. Who looks at that sticker? I wonder if I'm going to, you know, there was a, we had this singer in the band for about a month. Um, can't remember her name. She works at the DMV inspection. Hmm. I had to tell her that she wasn't quite right for the group. Which DMV? Uh, Eatontown? Eatontown, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have a run in tomorrow. Yeah. 
I can actually got to see what time they open up. We should get over there first. I can always blame it on somebody else. First crack. She's going to fail us. I'm going to say, you know, I really liked your voice. But everybody else. Everybody else. I I couldn't outvote them. Eat in town. You guys have any gigs coming up? No. We do got a keyboard player we're breaking in. Hmm. We got called back for that gig next year. Same place. That outdoor thing. Oh, in Belmar. Belmar. That was yeah. cool. 8 a.m. tomorrow they open. That's good. That makes... We could stop off at Duncan on the way. Yeah. Because you know, America runs on Duncan. Yep. We'll turn in with no blinker and turn out right in front of somebody. <laughs> like like, like a typical Duncan driver. Yeah. Duncan drinker. Being facetious, we, we do not drink Duncan. No. We are coffee elitists. Yeah, I mean, I make coffee at home. I rarely buy coffee out. And if I do, I'm going to look for a place that actually has good coffee. Yeah. Rook's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've drank plenty of coffee from Krausers. And actually, the Krausers coffee in uh, Fairhaven, it's pretty good coffee. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a Krausers. It's like the WB Law or whatever. Oh, okay. Something like that. It's one of those, you know. Depends how bad you, you really need to have a coffee. Yeah. And set and setting has a lot to do with the yeah, two. Yeah. Like I've had diner coffee, but I got to oh, yeah. doctor it up. Yeah. Not me. Straight black. Yeah. Only time I put anything in it. Well, we shouldn't say the anytime. Like My Sambuca. wife drinks disgusting. Uh, I'll drink Sambuca in there. Yeah. yeah. Or like B&B. Um, My wife drinks instant coffee. Like the, no way. The granules. Yeah. No way. Like she's like 98 years old. Sanka. It's not Sanka. It's like ShopRite brand. But still, oh. the only time I'll put milk in my coffee is if, if I'm drinking that. that. Yeah. yeah. Like if it's the afternoon and I'm like, man, yeah. I can use a cup of coffee. Up. Yeah. Oh, God. Or if it's uh, coffee that's been sitting around all day in the pot. Yeah. And I drink it iced, I'll put milk in it. Because it, yeah. it just it tastes doesn't taste that good. Uh, it's funny, like if I drink it cold, like hot, I love, I love to have it nice and light, creamy. But cold, I, I'll take it darker. Mm. I don't know why. Certain coffees, to me, taste bad with milk. Yeah. Like if you have a really acidic coffee, yeah, the sour, it's like you're drinking sour milk. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. So it all depends on the on the roast too. Yeah. Like, remember that coffee that Viz got us last year that was yeah, like, yeah. it tasted like kiwis. Yeah. You couldn't yeah. drink that with milk. No. Um, yeah, I got my got my Viz cup. Yeah. That's my go-to every yeah. morning. Been a staple. Mm-hmm. We should get some coffee. We got to re, uh, repay the favor. Got to get him some coffee. Yes. Set a reminder. Set a reminder. It won't be ruining the surprise because he, well, maybe he will have heard this. I doubt it. I think he's still catching up. Well, this Remind is going to air me after it. tomorrow at 10 a.m. to get Viz coffee. Mm. Okay. Your reminder is set for tomorrow, 10 a.m. No, that's not going to work. Where are we going to pick it up, Rook? I was Bye. thinking Jersey Shore Coffee Roasters. Oh, yeah. Let's see. We'll do that on... Tuesday. Yeah, well, set it for Tuesday. We don't want it to be old. 
That's I was true. thinking on the way home from the DMV, but 10 a.m. will be way. We should be 8.30, be passing back that way, hopefully. Oh, God. We don't, yeah. we don't want to bring them weak old coffee. No. I don't like when the screen goes black on the laptop when we're recording. Yeah, it gives you the willies. Yeah, just like last episode. The heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Well, I think we've stretched this out about as far as we could stretch it this week. Yeah. I'm a little I'm a little tired. Yeah, we had a long couple of days. Um so yeah, thanks for tuning in. Remember to uh send in your questions. Yeah, that's a biggie. Mm-hmm. Send in your questions for the uh podcast. Yeah. And uh support our sponsors if you can. Yeah. Um and uh be nice to each other out there. Yeah, we'll see you next week. We'll I guess we'll give a recap on uh Maker Camp. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Ciao. As always, Rob and I thank you for tuning in. And uh we'll see you next week. If you want to help support the podcast, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can join our Patreon or you can use one of our affiliate links in the podcast description for vesting finishes or Myoderm C B D pain relief cream. Um Again, we appreciate your support. Thanks for tuning in.